You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The three-hour mad sprint continues here on 106.7 The Fan. Youngs in charge with Linnell Willingham taking you up to 12 o'clock before we dish the rock to our coverage of National Spring Training. They're out taking on the Houston Astros today. First pitch in that one uh, set for 1 o'clock. You can hear all the action right here on 106.7 The Fan. Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler uh, will keep it for you at 6 o'clock as well. Uh, they're live uh, out in spring training, set to do a show tonight where they'll have Cade Cavalli as their special guest. So make sure uh, you keep it locked on The Fan all day long uh, following my show here this morning. We've got a bunch of Nats coverage out here throughout the rest of the afternoon. Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler set to be joined by Cade Cavalli. Uh, that's coming up tonight uh, at about 6 o'clock. Right now, though, Want to take our focus over to the NFL draft. To do that, we'll bring in Kyle Stackpole, NFL draft editor for CBSSports.com. You can give Kyle a follow on Twitter at Kyle F. Stackpole. What's going on, Kyle? How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm doing well. How's everything with you? I'm well, man. I'm well. I'm I'm even more uh, well after seeing the quarterbacks work out yesterday at the Combine. When you came into Indianapolis... Did you have a gauge as to who you thought was going to be the number one quarterback selected? I know a lot of folks think Bryce Young, the kid out of Alabama, is the consensus pick. After watching the guys work out yesterday, has your rankings at the quarterback position changed at all? Uh, yeah, so I definitely think it's it's murkier um, yeah. now that we've seen those quarterbacks and we didn't see Bryce Young, although I think Bryce Young did himself a favor by uh, you know not working out because he – he doesn't have the strongest arm. He's obviously not the biggest guy. Yeah. He doesn't have those elite physical traits. It's more his instinctiveness and his off-platform throws where he really shines. So if having to throw next to those guys uh, in a nationally televised setting probably wouldn't have been great for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, so, yeah, so going in, I thought I, I thought it was, would Bryce Young would be, uh, be number one. He would be the number one quarterback off the board. You obviously have a couple more contenders now uh, with – Anthony Richardson just absolutely exploding um, during the physical testing, which people assumed he was going to test really well, but he was just off the charts. Um, and then also his, I mean, his throwing session was, was really solid as well. I think it was, is better than some people expected, but I think someone that, that really needs to be talked about as, as the number one pick more is CJ Stroud. Ah, there you go, Kyle. That's my guy. <laughs> yeah. And people, we're actually a little bit worried of how will Stroud because the throwing session goes in alphabetical order. So you'll have Anthony Richardson and right after Richardson, you have Stroud and, and people were thinking, okay, well, Richardson has the biggest arm in the class. He's just going to bomb it downfield. And then how is Stroud going to look after Richardson? And from a throwing perspective, I thought 
Stroud looked the best. Um, his deep balls were amazing. He was throwing accurately to all three levels of the field. It just looked so effortless. And I think after the workout, that that was – I mean, obviously Richardson, I think, has cemented himself as like a, as a top 10 guy. But I really think people more people need to talk, be talking about C.J. Stroud uh, as a guy who, along with Bryce Young, uh, you know, could go number one overall. Kyle, it's so interesting when you talk about these quarterbacks and then seeing them throw yesterday. When, when going through these evaluations, how difficult is it to take much stock in what you saw yesterday compared to the 10, 15-plus games of tape that you see on these guys? Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you want to go back to the tape. I think the tape is, you know, the most important factor. Uh, I think the combine with the testing and the, and the throwing is all pieces of the puzzle, but not the main thing. I do think the, the combine is obviously a way better setting for scouts and teams in the pro day because during your pro day, you have everything scripted. You're throwing to your own receivers, whereas the combine, it's kind of just mix and match. They're telling you what routes to throw and, and, and you're throwing them. Um, so I think, and, and just, it, I think it is important to see all the quarterbacks in person together. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause one, it is, it is different seeing a quarterback throw in person versus, you know, throwing on the tape. And then you get to see him back to back to back. And there's obviously no pressure. And I mean, there's no pads on, but it, it, there's definitely um, info to be gleaned from these sessions. And I think the throwing session really told us a lot about some of these guys. So we've seen a lot of the on-field workouts to this point. Now that, you know, things are starting to wrap up, what do you think is the deepest position group uh, in next month's draft? Yeah, I think um, in terms of depth, I mean, I think edge rusher has has a lot of guys. Um, and you saw that on when they worked out Thursday night. Um, just, I mean, guys were absolutely crushing the, the 40 yard dash and they're testing Nolan Smith, the, yeah. the guy out of Northwestern. Um, so they, they made some history on Thursday night. So I, I think the, you might, Will, Will Anderson's a really, a really solid edge rusher. I don't think he's necessarily on the same playing field in terms of coming out as like the Bosa brothers. I think he's a step below, right. but you just have a lot of edge rushers that, could sneak into the first round even more so than you thought coming in because now you're looking at okay nolan smith you know he could get into the first round now you already were looking at uh, lucas van ness as someone who was going to go in the first round um so so i think i would say edge rusher and then the the tight end class is pretty deep as well and and we saw while the the receivers kind of were a little slower than i expected the tight ends really really showed out um, and even, I mean, the guy who might be the first tight end, Michael Mayer, the combine's not really the best for him because he's not a physical specimen and he's not really explosive. Um, but he can, he does everything very well. Um, but even aside from him, you had guys just testing off the charts. And I think that's a position where, you know, as you get into day two, day three, you'll be able to find guys that can still be contributors on your team. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, man, how the board ends up shaking out next month's draft. We're joined by Kyle Stackpole, uh, NFL Draft Editor for CBSSports.com. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, at Kyle F. Stackpole. Kyle, the commanders here locally is a team that we follow. 
have pick number 16 in next month's draft. What are some positions you think they should be targeting? And when you look at some of their needs, are there any guys that you think would be, you know, some steals on, on day two or day three? Yeah, so I think in terms of, you know, at, uh, you know, in the first round, I think they should be looking at offensive line. It would be one. Cornerback uh, would be another. So, I mean, the offensive line guys are, are going today um, in Indianapolis. So mm-hmm. they should, you know, check those guys out. And I know I wasn't at the Senior Bowl, but I heard reports out of the Senior Bowl that, you know, Martin Mayhew was, was looking really hard at the offensive linemen. And I think one guy for sure to watch would be uh, Osiris Torrance, mm-hmm. who um, the offensive guard out of Florida. And I know people are going to say, oh, you know, offensive guard, we're going to pick him in the middle of the first round. Well, he, he, he seems like, you know, the premier guard of the class. Yeah. He's just super stable. He came over from Louisiana to Florida this past year and just dominated. He had a really good senior bowl. So he's one guy I'd be looking at. And then I think cornerback is another position where deep group. they – Deep group. And they, they tested better, I think, than, you know, some people were expecting – um, with, you know, the, the Maryland guys just absolutely showing out. Yeah. As, as a Terp, I, I love to see that. <laughs> um, so, but, and then Christian Gonzalez from Oregon, I think he kind of cemented himself as, you know, a, a top 10 pick. Um, so I think those there's enough high-end cornerbacks where one of them is going to fall to Washington. Um, and it, it kind of just depends on if they think, if they have them right, like, when Washington picks, there are going to probably be some cornerbacks that are pretty high on their best available board. Mm-hmm. So I think I think really with cornerback and um, an offensive line would be the two positions that they should probably be looking to target. Before you joined us, Kyle, we were talking about some veteran options at the quarterback position that Washington could bring in to compete with last year's fifth-round pick, Sam Howell. If you could uh, go, hop in the time machine real quick, Kyle, and go back to your evaluations on Sam Howell last year coming out of UNC, uh, do you think Washington – and the fan base should be comfortable if he ends up being the guy week one. Yeah, um, I, I do because I, I think if if they, I, I think they should absolutely bring in competition and and see how he responds to that because that's it, before you can go out and you know try to beat other teams and compete for NFC's titles, you have to show that you're actually the number one QB. Right. And while he performed decently in week eighteen last year. The, the, and he, sh- he showed some flashes. I mean, the overall numbers weren't great, but I mean, with Sam Howell, you're talking about a guy who before be- the year before he got drafted, he was the odds-on favorite to be the number one pick in the draft. I mean, him and Spencer Rattler, which mm-hmm. crazy how yeah. how time changes, <laughs> um, right? So he's someone who he has all the tools, and I think Washington fans saw glimpses of that both in the preseason and in Week 18. Um, and I think if if Washington, you know, they bring in a veteran, they let him compete, you would hope that it's Howell that looks better than this guy and is quickly, pretty quickly named the starter. And I think if that's the case, then you're feeling good going into the season. If it if it starts dragging out and, yeah. okay, this veteran looks good the one day, Howell looks good the next day, and you're kind of teetering on, okay, you could probably start either of them, but let's start Hal because he's younger, then you maybe will go in with a little bit of concern. But from where Washington got him and the, the skill set that he came into the NFL with, I, I think he's, he's a, he could be a viable option. And it, it's going to be really interesting going, starting with OTAs and going into training camp to see how he responds to being the number one guy. And one last thing, I think it mm-hmm. does 
bode well for him that that Washington has shown so much faith in him, being like, hey, we're we're going into this year that, that you're the guy. We're going to bring in a veteran, but that really gives him confidence. Where hey, my my coaches they believe in me and they think I could be the number one guy. Now I just have to go out and prove it. Yeah, see, Kyle, that's the thing, man. I, I said I called Poppycock earlier on Ron Rivera, you know, going with a rookie basically in year four of a five-year deal. They've missed the postseason in two of his first three years. But I don't want it to be misconstrued, man. We were out there at training camp. We got to see Sam Howe up close in person. I mean, the kid's impressive. He really is. And mm-hmm. when we talk about the quarterback position, Kyle, and, and the transition to the National Football League, a lot of guys – you know, struggle with how much time is spent in the classroom compared to in college when you're practicing for two and a half, three hours a day. In the NFL, you're on the practice field for about an hour, 15 minutes at the most. And a lot of that work and a lot of the areas where you're able to get better at is done in the classroom on Tuesday through Saturday. So if he's able to handle the mental load of it, I think he'll be fine. For sure. Hey, Kyle, I appreciate you giving me some time, my man. Of course, yeah. Uh, Enjoy the rest of the combine today and yeah, April can't come soon enough. I, I can't wait to see where all these guys land and all the trades that happen within the top 10. Hopefully it gets pretty chaotic. Yeah, I hope it does, my man. I appreciate you giving us some time. That is Kyle Stackpole, one of the draft analysts over at CBSSports.com. Uh, with some good nuggets on the quarterback position. And yesterday, Anthony Richardson, man. I know he doesn't want to go by the AR-15 moniker because of uh, the senseless gun violence that we have going on in this country, but that's – a nickname that's perfectly fitted for that young man. 6'4", 244 pounds. Absolutely blows the athletic t- uh, testing out of the water yesterday. But even after that, I don't have him as my QB1. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, let's go over my QB rankings. We'll go my top five quarterbacks heading into next month's draft. That's next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Halfway through this Sunday edition of Overtime, the Youngest in Charge Movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 12 o'clock, taking you up to 1 o'clock, rather, uh, before we dish the rock to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler. They'll have national spring training coverage for you. The Nats in action against the Astros uh, coming up this afternoon. And keep it locked on 106.7 The Fan following our spring training coverage. Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler with a special one-hour program starting at 6 o'clock. They'll be joined by Nat's young pup, Cade Cavalli. So definitely uh, make sure you st- keep it locked to 106.7 The Fan all day long for that. Uh, Nats and Astros, first pitch set for 1 o'clock uh, out in Florida. Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler after the call. Uh, we'll have a special one-hour broadcast uh, starting at 6 o'clock tonight where they'll be joined by Cade Cavalli. So make sure you keep it locked. On 106.7 The Fan all day long. Want to give a big shout-out to Kyle Stackpole, uh, who joined us in the last segment, uh, one of the lead draft analysts over at CBSSports.com. We talked a little bit about the quarterback position, and it got me thinking, man. Yesterday, quarterbacks go out and throw and run and go through their on-field testing, and it really feels like Kyle Stackpole used this word, and I think it describes the situation perfectly right now. The quarterback situation heading into next month's draft is murky. Murky is the word uh, that Kyle used, and I completely agree with it because while we know that this class is loaded with talent, I always say this about the quarterback position in the National Football League when guys get drafted, right? It's always about fit. Fit matters. Because guess what? Normally, these best top quarterbacks coming out are getting drafted to piss-poor organizations where they're going to be put in bad situations from the get-go, and it's the quarterback's job, we say, to get that team over the top and take them out of mediocrity. But I'm a firm believer that fit matters in the National Football League at the quarterback position when drafting these guys. And after yesterday, I think... We got a lot more clarity on, you know, how the top four quarterbacks are going to be drafted. And we got a lot more clarity about what fits 
guys should be uh should be slotted into. Now, going into the weekend, I'm not gonna lie, I had completely different top four ranking than what I have right now. And yesterday really changed my opinion on how you know we grade some of these guys. And I think there's been a lot of lazy analysis going on, is what I'll call it, at the quarterback position, especially surrounding Anthony Richardson, right? And here's why. A lot of folks look at the completion percentage and automatically assume this young man is inaccurate. Well, there were games last year for Anthony Richardson where that supporting cast at Florida, as terrible as it was, they showed just how bad they were. So for all the evaluators out there who look at purely stats and try to make an assessment on how good a guy is going to be at the next level, that's ludicrous. Why don't you take some time and pop in the film? Because when you pop in the film, this Anthony Richardson kid, there's nothing like him. We haven't seen anything like this coming out of college football in a very long time, it feels like. In a very long time. So when I look at the possibility of where he could end up, I think fit makes a whole lot of sense. Now, to me, when I look at Anthony Richardson and fit, and which fit makes the most sense for him, I think there are a couple of places that make a whole lot of sense for him. For me, if I'm the Indianapolis Colts, this is public enemy number one, so to speak, right? I don't mean that in a bad way. The Indianapolis Colts who hold the fourth pick in this year's draft, there's an opportunity for them to maybe stay put and still get their guy. But who knows? Because based on yesterday, I think we're going to see quarterbacks go one, two, and three. I think we're going to see quarterbacks go one, two, and three at the top of the draft. Right now, the Arizona Cardinals hold the third pick in next month's draft. And the Chicago Bears hold the number one pick. Somebody's going to trade up the number one to get their quarterback. Whoever they feel like is the best guy in this class and the top guy on their board, someone's going to move up to get them. I told you I'd give you my top four guys right now uh, after yesterday's combine workouts. For me, I'll go four through one. For me, number four, in my top five or my top four quarterbacks heading into the next month's draft, Hendon Hooker. The kid out of Tennessee, he did not participate in any of the on-field workouts yesterday in Indianapolis, but uh, he was down there and got an updated medical evaluation, all signs pointing towards him being ready uh, for training camp in week one. So that's a good sign if you're talking about uh, Hendon Hooker and how much you like him, the Tennessee quarterback. I think this kid's got the goods. Before he got hurt last year, 27 touchdowns, two interceptions. And the year before, his first year as a full-time starter, really, 31 touchdowns, three interceptions. So the kid can sling it. And mind you, he's not doing this at Wyoming. He's not doing this at Liberty. This is Tennessee, baby. This is SEC football. He's doing it against the top competition in all of the land. So to try to act like Hendon Hooker's not him because he had a little knee injury is silly. And the type of play style that Hendon Hooker has, I don't even think his ACL injury Slows him down too much. I don't think his ACL injury has that big of an impact or, or, or ramification on him. Ah, so we just got breaking news coming in. This is via NFL Network. Uh, Tom Pelissero is reporting that the New York Giants and Daniel Jones 
uh, if they're not able to come up with a deal by Tuesday's franchise tag deadline that he will indeed be franchise tagged. The big thing that we need to differentiate here is whether or not they're going to use the exclusive franchise tag on Daniel Jones or the non-exclusive franchise tag on Daniel Jones. We'll talk about the quarterbacks uh, and who's going to get tagged and who's not uh, coming up later on in the show right now. I want to continue to go through my quarterback rankings going into next month's draft. Number four for me, we'll go four through one. Number four for me is Hendon Hooker, the quarterback from the University of Tennessee. Really lit the world on fire the past two seasons. Obviously, last year gets cut short due to injury, but he was the front runner for the Heisman before he got hurt. Like, he was playing at an all-world level, and I think there's an argument to be made that he's one of the best pure passers uh, coming out. He's got mobility, and I love it that he did it in the SEC. And that matters to me because you're going up against the highest level of competition possible. Uh, and he showed his stuff. Number three, my top four quarterbacks heading in to next month's draft. Number three is Anthony Richardson, the University of Florida quarterback. Now, he is number three, but I do ultimately think he goes top five like the other two quarterbacks ahead of him will. What he was able to do yesterday at the Combine, Breaking the record, breaking the record for the quarterback vertical in Indianapolis was huge. The way he weighed in at 6'4", 244 pounds, was godly. He is a damn freak. He is a Greek god. He is somebody that you build in a lab. All the comparisons about Cam Newton, the hell with that. Cam Newton don't got nothing on Anthony Richardson. This kid is way more explosive of an athlete. Way more dynamic of an athlete than Cam Newton was. And I'll even go as far as to say he's way more of an effortless thrower of the football than Cam Newton was. For me, like I said, it's all about fit. If I'm the Indianapolis Colts, right now we're currently slotted at pick number three, pick number four in next month's draft. If I'm Shane Steichen in the Indianapolis Colts, man, I'd be hard-pressed not trading up to number one to select Anthony Richardson. Now, I know I have him as my third-rated guy, but I always say fit matters in the National Football League. If you all weren't living under a rock the past month, Shane Steichen, the former Philadelphia Eagles offensive coordinator, was hired as the head coach in Indianapolis. Now, you all watched the Eagles this past year. Offensively, they ran a system and a scheme that's very friendly to the quarterback, but requires a lot of mental out of the quarterback. When I look at Anthony Richardson and his potential fit in a Shane Steichen offense running that RPO-based system with those handful of collegiate concepts, he's a guy that I really think, with better talent around him, could really see his game go to the next level. Because that's the thing that I feel like we don't talk about enough when we talk about Anthony Richardson. And this isn't the poop on Florida. Their skill guys sucked. Their offensive line outside of Osiris Torrance was horrible. They had drops all over the place. Yet, this young man still was able to have a significant impact on wins and losses. So I think Anthony Richardson, my number three quarterback, may end up going number one overall if Shane Steichen uh, and the Colts decide to move up to that number one spot. My number two quarterback going into next month's draft is Bryce Young from the University of Alabama. 
Bryce Young didn't throw yesterday and didn't participate in the on-field stuff in any of the testing. And I think that hurt him in comparison to uh, Anthony Richardson or C.J. Stroud. Because the big question about Bryce Young is whether or not he's going to be able to hold up physically at the next level. We haven't seen, we don't have a bunch of precedent and a bunch of you know track record of seeing guys that small go number one overall. But I know there are a lot of teams out there who view him as the clear-cut best quarterback prospect. I think he's the, I, I don't even know if I want to say that. I don't even believe that anymore after watching C.J. Stroud throw. I personally, and I'll give it away here, cat's out of the bag. C.J. Stroud is my number one quarterback heading into next month. And for me, yesterday kind of just solidifies it. He is the best pure passer of all of the quarterbacks in this class. I don't even think it's close. Watching him in the on-field stuff yesterday go after Anthony Richardson, such a clear difference in the two. I mean, he is just a natural thrower of the football. And then what really gets me intrigued and excited about C.J. Stroud is the way that he played in the season's most important game. The way he played in the college football playoff against Georgia was just, that's the type of stuff that gets guys drafted number one overall. Those are the type of performances that change how evaluators look at you. I said it when talking about Anthony Richardson. I love when guys go up against premier competition and ball out. And that's what we saw. That's what we saw last year from C.J. Stroud. Going against premier competition, this young man balled out. And it wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. This kid was a point away from upsetting the eventual national champion. And he balled against the best defense in all of college football. 23 of 34, 348 yards, four touchdowns. And then it was a 27-yard scramble to me that really set the tone for C.J. Stroud. Because the big knock on him all year long was his reluctancy to use his legs. People wondered how good of an athlete that he is. The kid's a hell of an athlete, and he showed it against college football's best defense. And I think, man, anybody who gets their hands on C.J. Stroud next year, woo-wee, you're going to be in for a treat. You're going to be in for a treat. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, let's continue to look at Washington's quarterback situation moving forward. We'll let you hear, we heard, we'll let you hear from, excuse me, Ron Rivera earlier in the show. When we come back, we'll continue to go through some of the veteran options Washington has at the quarterback position. Plus, we'll address some of the rumors coming out of Indianapolis at the Combine. Where do we think Aaron Rodgers will land? Where do we think Lamar Jackson will land? What happens in New York with Daniel Jones and the Giants? All that and more coming up next here on The Fan.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Coming up in about 30 minutes or so, Josh Robbins, who covers the Washington Wizards for the Athletic, is set to join us. Wiz had a tough loss last night at home against the Toronto Raptors. No time to sulk, though. They're right back at it again from Capital One Arena. They play host to Giannis Attentacumpo in the Milwaukee Bucks. That one's set to tip uh, at 7.30 over on our sister station, the Team 980. Pre-game coverage of the radio party gets going uh, at 7 o'clock with Dave Johnson uh, and Glenn Consor, uh, we'll, we'll go quickly here. Mark and Largo wants to tap in with us, uh, talking about the quarterbacks coming out next month's draft real quick before we hit the break. Mark, what, what are your thoughts on this class coming out? Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Good, man. How you My doing? good friend. I know the last time, I, last couple times I talked to you, I'm kind of upset you. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I apologize. All right? That's why you answered the phone like you did, so I get it. Look, man, um... <sighs> I'm not buying Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young has had a great college career. I can't shake 5'10", man. I'm sorry. I, I, well, I agree I with you. And, I mean, if he, look, if you're 5'10", and look at his frame. He's, his legs are smaller than Kyler Murray, and he's, he's shorter than Tua. I mean, and, and let's keep it real here, too, man. And I think we need to get this out of the open. When it comes to diagnosing the quarterback position, the last four years, or five years, I think the draft experts have been totally off because no everyone missed on Justin Herbert in 20. Yeah. Justin Herbert should have went number one. Yeah. He should have went number one overall. That 21 class is starting to look like crap. Really look bad. Terrible. Lawrence, Lawrence clearly far, the guy, though. Well, okay, excluding him, outside of him, Zach Wilson? Okay. Trash. Trey Lance? And, trash. <laughs> You're making, a point. You're making a point. 
Mark, I mean, Mark, Mark, know, I'll say this about the 21 class. There's an argument to be made, and Trevor Lawrence saved their ass this year. That can end up going down as one of the worst draft classes of all time, dude. Oh, I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. And, and, and I wouldn't sleep on a 22 class. I think mean, the 22 class with Brock Purdy and, and possibly my boy, Sam, Sam Howe, could do well. I, yeah. Look, if you're saying Hendon Hooker, if you're Washington, would you take him at, at 16? I would be tempted Ooh, to take him. See, now 16 I think is too rich. But I, I, I've talked about this on Friday, Mark. I think some team is going to trade back up into the first round like Baltimore did with Lamar Jackson a few yeah. years back to right. get that extra year of control. Because you know, the last two right. years, he's dominated the SEC. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. And and I think overall, right now, he's better than Anthony Richardson. Now, Anthony has a better upside than him. Right. But I think uh, Hooker is better right now. Now, let me ask you this. I know you were talking about Jacoby Brissett. Would it be possible if Washington called Cleveland to make a trade to get Kellen Mond? Because I actually think he could still play if you could get him on the cheap. I think he would really push Sam Howe. I love – look, I'm the president of the Sam Howe fan club, and I love Sam. But I'm also being realistic here that you do need someone that's on that level that could really push him. And I think Kellen Mond, given a fair chance in, in I think, Eric Bieniemy system – he possibly yeah, could do that. What Ke- an interesting name, Mark. I appreciate the call. Yeah, I I wasn't a huge fan on, on of, of Kellamon coming out. I believe he's in Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken, right? He was drafted by Minnesota, and then when the new third round, and then when the new regime came they in, cut they him. cut him. He's now in I think Cleveland. he bounced to Saints, and now he's in Cleveland. He's in Cle- yeah, yeah. Kellamon is interesting. He's got a lot of the physical tools that that you would love at the quarterback position, but. I don't know, man. It just seemed like he was so far behind with his mechanics as a thrower uh, that it just doesn't seem like a viable situation here for Washington. Told you we had breaking news uh, in the last segment. We'll elaborate on that more. Uh, Daniel Jones of the New York Giants, obviously, I've been meeting down in Indianapolis to try to uh, put together a long-term deal uh, for the quarterback after he came out and led this team to the postseason and won a playoff game. So he's obviously due to get paid. When I look at the Giants' situation, though, Saquon Barkley is a guy that uh, they got to come to terms on a deal with as well. He's probably going to hit free agency. And based on the reporting from Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, Daniel Jones are probably going to receive the franchise tag. Now, the big thing I'm interested and curious to watch is whether or not they give him the exclusive franchise tag or the non-exclusive franchise tag. Uh, That'll be something to monitor moving forward. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. Some more news on another potential free agent quarterback out in Seattle. We'll give you the latest on Geno Smith and the Seahawks. That's coming up next here on The Fan.
Almost in our final hour of power here on this Sunday edition of Overtime. Youngest in charge, Wilbur Linnell Willingham. Taking you up the 1 o'clock before we dish the rock to our coverage of national spring training. They're out in Florida taking on the Houston Astros. First pitch for that one uh, set for 1 o'clock Eastern time. Make sure you keep it locked on 106.7 The Fan all day long. Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler bring you a special broadcast Starting at 6 o'clock, they'll take your calls live from spring training. Plus, uh, they'll be joined by Nats ace Cade Cavalli. So you make sure you want to stick around to 106.7 The Fan all day to make sure uh, you get the latest uh, on the Washington Nationals. Now, I told you about a quarterback in Seattle, Geno Smith, obviously, is who I was talking about. There was a report that just came out from Dan Graziano of ESPN, NFL Insider, one of the most trusted guys in the business. and. The report from Graziano says the Seahawks are working on a long-term deal with quarterback Geno Smith, but it would be a surprise to Dan Graziano if the team uses the franchise tag on him. If the two sides cannot reach a deal by Tuesday, it looks like Geno Smith is going to become an unrestricted free agent, and that really shakes up the quarterback market because there was a consensus really that Gino wasn't going to get out of Seattle, right? That They weren't going to let him go under any circumstances. But hearing this report from Dan Graziano was very interesting because, look, say what you want about Geno Smith and say what you want about the Seattle Seahawks and how fluke their season was and whether you're buying into their success or not. 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions last year for Geno Smith. Those for 4,200 yards and completes nearly 70% of his passes. He was lights out last year. Make no mistake about it. He was him a season ago. And he's going to get paid because of it. Now, it's interesting to see what type of money we could potentially see Geno Smith getting. But I think he's got more leverage than Daniel Jones. I think he's got more leverage than a Jimmy Garoppolo. So, if I, hell, you can even make the argument he's got more leverage than Derek Carr. If Geno Smith hits the free agent market, is he not clear-cut the best guy in the class? Is there an argument to be made? I know Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is interesting to try to decipher his success last year because the supporting cast was just non-existent. They're running out with YMCA receivers, and yet he still was able to put up numbers and still able to lead this team to the postseason. So Daniel Jones is interesting, but... Gino, the numbers are really hard to dispute. The numbers are really hard to dispute with Geno Smith. The only argument I think someone can make in reference to Gino is how it looked down the stretch, right? It wasn't pretty down the stretch. They lost three of their final five games of the season. Home losses against San Francisco and Carolina. Then they go out to Arrowhead and lose to the eventual Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. And Geno Smith's play down the stretch just wasn't good enough. Even in their Week 18 finale against the Rams, 19-16 winners in overtime. The Rams took them to the final blow to beat them. And Geno Smith struggled in that game. 19-31, 213, a touchdown to two pickles. So it's going to be very interesting to see how prospective teams view Geno Smith this offseason. Because look, in Washington, sure, we would take somebody of the caliber of Geno Smith. 
But the money I think he's going to command, I just wonder if it's worth it for D.C. I'm not so certain that they're willing to go out and blow a bag at the quarterback position. Unless, unless it's for one of the two heavy hitters. My guy I would consider a heavy hitter, Aaron Rodgers, who we know is on his way out in Green Bay. And then Lamar Jackson, whose situation is up in limbo with the Ravens. Now, the latest on that situation is, this is a report that came out in the same Dan Graziano piece that said that Geno Smith is going to get franchise tag. In this same report, if I'm not mistaken, they were talking about Lamar Jackson as well. Now, mm, this is coming. Okay, now this this Lamar Jackson stuff, this is coming from Jeremy Fowler, excuse me, of ESPN. Jeremy Fowler is reporting that, you know, a lot of teams around the league expect the Ravens to strongly consider using that non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson. So that makes the quarterback market interesting as well. In reference to Washington, though, I'm only I'm only bringing up Washington because Ron Rivera has come out and told anyone who would listen, Sam Howell's going to get the first crack. They're going to bring in a veteran to compete. If you've been listening to the show from the get-go, you know I'm calling poppycock on that. I just don't believe that Sam Howell's the only guy they're going to go in with. I think Ron would want a more solidified concrete plan of the position going into a lame duck year. But that being said, if they are confident with Sam Howell, I understand why. The kid's got the goods. He could play. But you can't tell me if the Ravens go out and slap that non-exclusive tag on Lamar Jackson that Washington wouldn't be calling. They'd have to be. They'd be a damn fool not to get on the phone and try to acquire Lamar Jackson if he becomes available. Aaron Rodgers is somebody also who I think, look, if he becomes available, you got to take your swing. What's the difference between this team in 2023 and in 2022? Because if you remember last offseason, they were hot on the tails of Aaron Rodgers. He ultimately doesn't get dealt at all, so they don't get him. But to think that all of a sudden, after being in love with Rodgers last offseason, that Washington isn't going to try again, it's ludicrous. I don't give a damn what Ron Rivera is saying. But adding Geno Smith to this makes things a lot more interesting. The next 48 hours here in the National Football League are going to be fireworks, right? And it really feels, doesn't feel like we are, moving into that time of the offseason where everything kicks off. The official league year starts eight days from now on March the 14th. Free agents will start to get signed, and we'll start to see some of these teams' plans for the offseason come to fruition. And we'll get a lot more clarity on the situation here in Washington because with names like Geno Smith potentially hitting the market, a Daniel Jones potentially hitting the market, if you're Washington, how do you not find the cash to go out and get a guy like that? Because last year, we all know it. If this team was able to get average quarterback play, average they would have punched their ticket to the postseason. Do or die situation, though, for Ron Rivera next year. Year four of a five-year deal. You've missed the postseason in two of your last three seasons. Just put up or shut up time next year for the Washington Commanders in the quarterback position. uh, Definitely has got to be solidified uh, before they head into 2023. We got the final hour of power coming up here on this Sunday edition of Overtime. We'll switch gears here after the break. Coming back, we'll talk 
all things Washington Wizards. The D.C. family suffered a tough loss last night at the hands of the Raptors. We'll take you through every angle of it, plus preview today's contest with the Milwaukee Bucks. That's coming up next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 